0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: This is Rebel Guru Radio with best selling spiritual author Eric Pepin, Season 2.
0: Rebel Guru Radio is sponsored by Cramp Medic, the most powerful cramp fighting supplement on the market.
2: I think it's an excellent product. I can honestly say for myself, and this is of course uh, difficult to say because it's coming from me, but I hope you take my word on it. I don't think there's anything out there better than Cramp Medic for leg cramps. I used to get them on a near daily basis, maybe every couple days. I know that uh, when I had my motorcycle or bicycle, uh, my legs would be the worst. I would wake up in the middle of the night in pain. Uh, There have been times where I've thought about, maybe I should go to the emergency room. Since I've used Crammedic, I probably use one serving and I will not have to reach into using this again probably for two, two and a half weeks. That is more than double what I felt was the recommended like once for every seven days. That's how effective it is. I do think that people need to use it for two to three times to build up somehow in your in your system. We have mainly all positive reviews. Apple cider vinegar is what is going to reduce you know, acid buildup in your muscle tissue very rapidly. Cayenne pepper is going to to expand your capillaries to move that blood into those tight cramping muscles that just do not want to let blood in there to soften it. It is very, very effective. It is going to get in there electrolytes very fast. It's going to do the job. It's just a great product. And that's what I have to say about it. Crampmedic.com. The other thing I wanted to say is the Higher Balance Institute store HBI our higherbalance.com. Uh, we've worked very hard at reducing and slashing the pricing, trying to keep it as a mainstay price form uh people have said over the years it's too expensive for them and they can't afford it uh i don't know what the next excuse is going to be because it is extremely affordable um we're doing our best to do that having cramped medic finding other stuff to maneuver around so we can keep this thing going uh has allowed us to bring those prices down uh we do have a lot a lot of material a lot of classes that are really excellent i feel uh you know, going probably for several dollars, some of those classes. Uh, probably at least 70, 80% off of what we charge, maybe even more. Uh, one thing we may do is maybe change around in the store, like uh, uh, bi monthly or something, which modules we're offering because there's so many, I think people get lost in it. So if there is something you want, I strongly suggest you grab it before we start moving it around, but it will come available again. It just may take six months to a year before the, all those other ones start arriving. Uh, back for availability and we're going to start taking down some, probably to try to keep some organization to just the, the bulk of uh, information here, which I'm very proud of. Um, so that's what I have to say on that. Please check out Higher Balance Institute, uh, you know, or higherbalance.com and uh, support higher balance. Please get and uh, try out Cramp uh, Medic for family, friends, anybody who has leg muscle problems or any kind of muscle problems in particular. It, it truly is the best product out there. No foams, no creams. You don't have to run to the bathroom if you're working at the office to put on foams on your leg by pulling on your pants and trying to get to your legs. Uh, No need for tablets. One shot, seven days, phenomenal.
3: If you are interested in acquiring Eric Pepin's books, visit higherbalancebooks.com.
0: question I want to ask um that I think is on a lot of people's minds. Is that so? Uh it has been on a lot of people's minds for a long time. Um you, you speak about like people crystallizing when they get to a certain age.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh their their neuroplasticity and they yep. they don't learn as fast and, and maybe you know there's a certain level of, of advantage to being younger. Yep. So the question is is there any advantage to being older? Of course. And With, what are those advantages? Um,
2: well, it's pretty simple actually. I mean, when you get, I can only speak through through my organic life mm-hmm. and my observation of the students that are older than me and watching maybe over 10, 20, 30 years of, of their progression. With anything, are you, you're a young man in my opinion, mm-hmm. you're like, what, 32? Okay. Almost. What would you say you feel differently than you were five years ago? Would you say that you're wiser? Would you say you're more knowledgeable? Would you ultimately say that you would trade off your your knowledge to have your 25 year old body? No way. Do you see? Yeah. Now, of course, when you start getting up into the eighties, there's a there's a point where you you probably start to gain less information. And so therefore, it might be fair to say that um, I haven't learned many new things, but it would be terribly wrong to say I haven't learned any new things. So you value more so the, the things that you do learn as you grow wiser. In, in other words, there, there is intelligence and there is wisdom if you just simplify it into two food groups. Intelligence is basically intellectual perception to grasp ideas and to understand mechanisms, learning technologies, absorbing information, okay? Wisdom is kind of the experience of the observation of life. The things that you don't necessarily have full control over, wisdom gives you the ability to start to kind of guide the direction of that that you had no power over and so to me they're two very important things and to me the beauty of, of age is that you gain a wisdom an insight and appreciation a greater value of, of life and the creation of, of the appreciation of what you really have and I think in youth one doesn't really reflect on that greater appreciation. You're kind of absorbed in different ways. It's more about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And as you grow older, you realize that there's this this value of friends and family and life and creation and music and dance and culture. And, and you know, you you at some point, you know, of course, the, the sad part is you start to disconnect from that because, you know, your body started to age and whatever. But hopefully uh, things are right. But, but at the end of the day, that's the difference.
0: Because like another thing is that a lot of uh, enlightened masters, uh, even in movies, are depicting as usually being like old, mm-hmm. old men. Is there a truth to that?
2: Well, I th- I think that um, to to depict uh, a master as being an old man, as you know, it's funny because I when I really think about it, I don't I don't think of any of the masters being old the true ones. I mean, Christ died at 32. Well, evidently, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Krishna died at, but he was certainly some old man. But who yeah. knows? Maybe he lived at 500 and they all looks great still. Yeah. Uh, Buddha, I don't think of as an old man. Right. I mean, Millerpa I don't think of as... You know, I don't imagine. So what, what you really are seeing is what I was just complaining about on Facebook is that you guys are giving these false perceptions yeah. through movies and through different things. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 unconsciously, subconsciously, you're creating a persona of expectation of what something should be. I think that, that of course you can be a spiritual teacher that's very old, but you know, I hate to say that, you know, like, um, you know, well maybe I can't be a spiritual teacher because I'm not old, but I, right. I argue that, right. I feel right. old on some of right. But I also feel very young and, and alive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are sometimes surprised I'm basically almost 50 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I look great. But I think this is in part genetics, it's part meditation, it's part energy, it's part, you know, there's there's a lot of elements. I think all students that are always close to me, you guys all look great. It's, it's energy, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean really at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's false to think that great teachers are are all have to be old and mm-hmm. i think that a great teacher is simply a great teacher what i will say is i think a good teacher will become a great teacher with age and i think a great teacher will become even a greater teacher with age and i can certainly say that i am a better teacher today than i ever have been in the history of my life and i hope that each day I'm a better person, a kinder of person, a more thoughtful person. And the wisdom of my organic life, because it's, it's a strange world to me, you know, in organics, I'm learning it and I'm not learning the rules and I'm learning I have to, to behave and operate within certain, this is, this is the world I live in. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm, I'm slowly seeing the appreciation of that wisdom. And I'm also studying the organic part of me that's like the rest of you guys. I've got the same organic problems as anybody else. I can catch a cold. I get allergies. I, you know, you get your, the bowels aren't quite moving the way you want because you ate too much pizza. Or you ate too much this or that. Or you're too fat. You're too skinny. Same problems. And I, I have to deal with them too. And through that process there's still wisdom that is gained from that and, and you know, what, what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat. That's wisdom. It's not intelligence. Mm-hmm. If I was intelligent enough, I, I probably would should know about it, but it's yeah. the wisdom of the lesson that I had to suffer through that made me learn.
0: Yeah. Well, what percentage of you think like changing your, your eating has played into this new Eric 3.0 that we're seeing? here yeah, 3.0. <laughs> um,
2: I I think that it's what I've always said. And you know, my case in some ways is gonna be different for than it is for other people. I attained a very powerful state of consciousness early on. Mm-hmm. And if you want to call it enlightenment, I entered the enlightenment cycle because I, I I don't think enlightenment is an ending point. I think it's something where you enter and I've knowledge never stops how can it mm-hmm. so, so I entered what I would, would call my enlightenment cycle it, somewhere around 22 I guess give or take and I remember the moment I remember the circumstances but at the end of the day um, you know I was at a better health level I was probably a little bit leaner than I am now younger and I was just a, a, a machine psychically I mean, you know, so for me, like I always said, you know, there's this this sensory disability. I was always pushed to be like this super psychic level because I never knew what other psychics did for readings, like how vague they were. I was like, what is that? That's like, that's not a reading. Mm -hmm. I'm having to pull license plate numbers. I'm giving descriptions head to toe, their mold, their, their jewelry, what it looks like. I never was exposed to anything else. So. I really was was I think probably at my prime at, at that, and then when I got introduced to meditation, it was like a novel new thing. I had moved into different things of meditation, but I never recognized it or understood that's what it would be called. So I had never been introduced to Hinduism, Buddhism, or anything. It was all just this kind of jibber jabberish language and religion, and that's how I looked at it. When I finally discovered meditation, immediately. I, I knew there was gold there. And immediately, I started doing and practicing as, as the system works. And, of course, immediately, I started to change the system with altercations based on my my, my psychic sensory. It was it was as if it knew, like, like this is a part we needed. Mm-hmm. And I entered into my alignment cycle because by me feeling information or scanning for information or these things, I... Sat, I cleared my mind, and like anybody else, there's nothingness. It's quiet, you sit in the quiet, and I don't know, you you wait for something to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. And you find inner peace and inner calm, and it was wonderful. And it was wonderful, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. And after, for me, which seems like an eternity, I don't know if it was a month or whatever, but um, you know, this there was the light period, and that came and I seen the light, and I was like, Well, this is it. <laughs> Fell out of the chair, uh, It it's amazing. So everybody knows that part. What I probably never really gone into much, or maybe I have a little here and there. It's, it's, is that at some point, I I wanted to find that light again. I wanted to, like anybody else, where where are these great experiences? And like everybody else, the experiences started to marginalize, and it be, just became a, a process of doing. Mm-hmm. And it was still good. It was still calming. It's everything. But it really didn't seem as it seemed like something was missing. Something something more supposed to happen and I was becoming impatient. Mm-hmm. And I decided that there was something else out here, obviously. And when I say out here, I mean in the pitch nothingness. Pitch black. You can't even see your hand in front of you. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think of it as, as, as nothingness. I thought about it as spatialness, but there was no light. Or that my eyeballs couldn't see, okay? So I moved into the sixth sense and I says, let me touch the space as if it was a ring or an object or a photograph or something I was scanning mm-hmm. to find information of the person. And when I moved out like this, the whole place, you know, it's like I always say when, when Neo in the Matrix goes to the final point and it, and he sees everything golden structure and numbers and everything rather than the green, but it's like, I, I can't say it was identical to that, but it was like that. It was like this this whole the realm appeared to me that was always there, and hence that's when mm. I began to understand that one could move in this space. That there's distance. There's there is 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 phenomena and energies and and, and realms. And all this time, people are just sitting there doing. Not no, the old masters are are wandering in these realms. And so, but it was through the sixth sense that was the only sensory I had that was the same ability for me to see in my mind information, it wasn't through eyes, it wasn't through ears, it wasn't through, it could see in that place. And it was able to then become a multitude of other sensories to gain more information in what I call then the database of information. I realized that it was actually a mind, a consciousness, a hive of the Gaia mind I was in. I just didn't recognize it was alien. And then I, of course, as matured and got wiser and more skilled, entered higher and higher databases or archives in the consciousness and its enlightenment cycle began. So this is this is why I think that maybe my approach is very different than other spiritual people. I think other spiritual people, you hear their story, they're always like, no psychic stuff, no this mm-hmm. or that. And, you know, and... You know, it seems to be very contradictory when I say to people, "No, no, I, I don't get it."
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I say develop your psychic sensory, and it's that sensory that's going to to be the bridge to your spiritual consciousness, and that's what I think it was designed for. I think God put this sensory in all creatures, human beings, evolved in intelligence, and I believe we were supposed to evolve the sixth sense. And that sixth sense was the the final consciousness tool, the sensory ability, to bridge its world to ours, so that we could move into
0: it. And of course, you know, uh, things didn't quite work out that well. Religion yeah. took over,
2: and all hell broke loose.
0: So, like on that note, there's a lot of um, I, when you speak about God, you can tell it's like it, you're referring to somebody that or something that you have a connection with that is more tangible than the average person. Well let
2: me let me step back so we don't lose track of what your question was. Okay. You asked me about how my diet is affecting me now versus yeah
0: before. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. So my point was this. I had already attained at my my peak health level, yeah if you want to call it that this immense level of consciousness. And I believe I allowed my health to deteriorate and because I had become so cerebral, I was able to ignore the, the factors of my organic life. And it was wrong. And it's, of course, a struggle genetically. My family's heavy. There's all sorts of diabetes problems. There's all sorts of genetic stuff that there's there. And I'm made from the essence of that basic material, but I'm also made of something cosmic. So um, at the end of the day, uh, of, of course it had a tremendous effect on me but I, I could still I was like look I really don't care about anything except for probably several things and one is I love teaching two I can go out to this, this gigantic playground and I'm uninhibited by my body mm-hmm. so where I went wrong was I simply just really didn't think of my body as something that I needed to really respect more or appreciate. But at the same token, I was being contradictory in my teachings because I would say, well, you got to mind your health, you got to mind your body because it's like having a flu or a cold. How can you focus on something if your body is tired or it feels unwell? But I always thought there was a double standard for me. And that double standard was, well, I already have achieved these things, so why do I care What if I have a cold or flu? I can just put it out of my mind. Mm-hmm. They need to get to where I'm at, and they can do the same thing. But I need them to get there, so I have to preach to them, you got to keep your shit together in order to get there. Truth to the end of the, the, end of the story is I, I, I sold myself my own horseshit and ignored the fact that I was being affected, by my, my health, by weight. And, you know, like anybody else, I've made my trials and attempts and fails and trials. It's no easy task, and I respect anybody who wake him, And skinny people can go, screw off, you ain't got an idea. And now there's skinny people who appreciate us, thank you. Uh, it's not an easy thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, at the end of the day, it had a big effect where you could say it's affecting me now. I think it's... it's it's Look, everybody can sense 3.0 in me. There's no doubt about it. The, the the hunger master is is back. It's well alive. I've always said I am the phoenix. I've said it since a kid. Uh, uh, I will rise from the ashes. I will always rise from the ashes. Piss on my fucking ashes if you want. Dance on them, spit on them. But I will rise again. And so I have. I I am. And I'm going to burn brighter and stronger and more powerful and more beautiful. And I will love and adore the universe as I serve it. So having said that, um, I think that moving to Santa Rosa was where the universe wanted me, where God wanted me. And it wanted me here after hunger. And I made the wrong choice because people in my life kind of insisted how bad this was versus a better place and I went against this intelligence versus this and I always say to people don't listen to this listen to this and I made an error now I can find excuses for myself and say look I had just went through the whole tongue house thing and the, the, the battle of that, and even though my story, and I lost the bookstore, and I tried to start an IT business, and the IT business bombed, and I was humiliated, and I had to do telemarketing with a run young people, and I was like 30 something, and I, could, I knew that they thought I was a loser, and you know, California was brutal on me, and so my psychological state was, you know, I knew that the universe wanted me to Santa Rosa, but my mortal life had been so run through the ringer that I think I was vulnerable to bad advice by people who I knew loved me mm-hmm. and respected me. And it was never their intention to give me bad advice, but I was the teacher and that's where I made a mistake. I should have listened to myself, but I took the counsel of, of people that I loved who thought they were doing the right thing. So that's, Oregon happened. I moved to Oregon and it sucked up into the point where I was like okay I'm ready to do HBI and the universe said fine you didn't do what I wanted but seeing you're willing to meet me halfway I'll meet you halfway and it did and sure enough all the great new battles from that came and Mara came to kick my ass and I went through all this shit none of that would have happened if I just would have went to Santa Rosa to begin with Mm -hmm. so finally I'm in Santa Rosa what happens in Santa Rosa I've only been here for a year and a half Mm -hmm. One, it only dawned on me. Can you believe this? The all-knowing Master. I said to myself a uh, month ago, Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa. What is Santa? It's saintly. What is Rosa? It's it's like a lotus flower. Santa Rosa. It's, it's a spiritual place of power, and it is a magical, wonderful place. It is green. It is lush. It has forests, as trees, as oceans. It is everything where the force would want to thrive and its people would thrive from. I told you before I gain my strength from the force and the force is strong in nature and, and vibration and energy. In the deepest deserts it's a different kind of energy but if you're going to strengthen yourself and master yourself strengthen yourself for the journey through the desert but you're not strengthened in the desert you prepare before you go Mm -hmm. so i am in a place of power and so in this place of power the universe aligns you it moves your 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 chakra points your your meridians if you will your like like your spine and it just it moves it into alignment so in that amount of time, my my wounds from my battles in Portland and Mara, Mara the psychological shit I had to go through and everything else, it said, we're going to rub those out. We're going to fix you. We're going to make you better. We're going to do this, 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 and this. And it started doing its thing. And then I started to, to reset myself and work with my energy and go back to the old teachings and practices and ways. And all of a sudden it says, okay, well, you're not hungry no more. And I'm like, sure I am. Why don't I want anything else to eat? The universe is like it's time to move this fat ass. We got to get you to hustle a little bit, and so I simply followed. But what I did, I started the plan actually earlier on. It was already preparing me when I left Portland. I moved back to the old place of power that was Tawonga because I needed to recenter my energy. To, and I said, "This is only a place temporary." I said this at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But I try to do something there as I always do. But I knew that I would figure out where I needed to go. I'm sure as shit. There's Santa Rosa. One day I'm Googling it. looks like shit. Google looks like crap. We want to fucking live there. Ugh. Bought this stupid little cheap Yoro van or whatever. One day we're like, we need to do a ride. We go, let's go to Santa Rosa. Finally, 20 years fucking trying to get there or whatever it is. Drive to Santa me and James are looking around. We're like, oh my God. This is insanely beautiful. And we both looked at each other and said, says, it doesn't look anything like the internet shows. It's a lie. It's a deception. It's the biggest secret in the, on the planet as far as I'm concerned. The climate is perfect year-round. The environment is perfect year-round. I mean, it is a place of inner peace and growth and power. And so we, we, I knew. I knew where right then I made the worst mistake of my life. And of course, as soon as I accepted that in my heart, right away, the, the whole diet strategy with paleo started coming into play already, lining me up. The universe was already preparing me. I was already working on how do I fix me the way I fix people all the time. And I do fast. bro I was like, you're, you're like 10 years of therapy in an hour. Oh, my God. You mm-hmm. can attest. Mm-hmm. And so... I was like, well, if I could fix everybody else's problem, maybe I can fix mine. So that's what I did. I put the strategy together of how do you get somebody who (laughs) is lethargically, willfully not going to do what you want. I mean, I am the proverbial mule when you say you need to drink water after you've done a a 20-mile hike. And you know, I'm like, no, but it's the opposite. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna eat the pizza, and I'm gonna eat that, and I'm gonna eat that. You're supposed to say, no, it's just the opposite. And I, I just said, okay, this is the strategy. And the strategy is three phase. It's learn to eat different foods, but in quantity. So I met myself halfway. I can do as often as I want, but I had to stay in the spectrum of what I ate. That was fair enough for me. And then the next phase was basically, okay, you're going to lose the weight. Now you have to move over to some other way to do calorie restriction. You're getting a lot more energy. And we're going to go through a phase of, of where you're just going to have more energy. And you're going to go batshit crazy because you've seen it. You've seen it. Ah, 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 ah. Like I was like, I'm crack almost, okay? And then I realized, I was like, I'm ready for phase three, my, my strategy. I need something to start working my body to tire me down because it ain't got 70 pounds to hold around no more. And so that began that. So the cycle is, well, you see the results happening
4: mm-hmm.
2: Now, how does that affecting me spiritually? well it, it affects me spiritually because my body's motivated to get up and teach the people that I need to teach it says you can't sit on your ass you're a fucking teacher now go teach them what they need to learn so they can they can serve the universe that's your job Pepin it's not your job to go out and do the miraculous it's your job to teach them to do the miraculous. That's what I'm here to do. I accept my role, I love my role, and I love what I do. And so I have the energy now to do what I did, climb the hills in Dhammeda as the old master. Well, I'm ready to climb a mountain now. Bring it. So at the end of the day, it's been a very good experience to get my health back. And it's, every day is a little battle. Every mm-hmm. day is like anything else, but it's willpower at this point, and it's not an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my health has contributed greatly, but it's also the location. It is also being in alignment with what the universe wants. And if you're in alignment with the universe and you listen and you take some risks and you do what it wants you to do, it will make things right.
0: So that being said, when, I mean, when you, your relationship with the universe, uh, is 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 when you talk about god it's it's like you're talking about a very familiar like a love the only like people can only relate to that kind of love in a sense to other people maybe a child or a lover or something and so it's more tangible and that's typically you know they try to find that in this life because it just seems like there's it's this invisible thing they feel it but it's not fulfilling all of in, 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 until they hit to that level, it it it, it seems like uh, it's 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 still hidden. Right. Um, Are you asking me? How I'm do you I'm trying, trying to me, How do you find? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out a way to ask that. Okay. Well, for me, it's
2: extremely real, and there's different levels to it. And the only way that I can explain it is is that there's I've told you there's three states of consciousness. But truly, there's four. You can never attain the fourth state of consciousness. The first state of consciousness is more or less kind of what me and you talking now or doing business or work or life. That's what I say the first state of consciousness. The second state of consciousness is kind of where we're heading now. It's more philosophical, more spiritual, and it's actually in the realms of psychic. The third state of consciousness is like, you'll hear it. My voice changes It's it, it, you'll feel the environment change. You can feel this. Something is changing and that you, you feel it. You're like, Oh, this is like something really spiritual is happening. That's the third. And what people have to understand, it's not one, two, three. And I don't know if, if younger people can understand this, but if you ever seen a vinyl record, you will look at a vinyl record and it has lines you know, and the needle has to play through. And so, each line is really a, a radiant that you start from the lowest, and you, you're somewhere below there before you even get to one. And then some people reach one, and they're, they are moving towards two, but they're halfway. These are your philosophical people, maybe, your intellectualists, your scientist people, your whatever, okay? And you know they can fluctuate also. So they're, they're, it's not to say there's just one, two, or three. It's to say there's, this, there's probably a thousand fine lines, okay? So as you progress through to one, you move from an intelligence or an understanding. Just like when you're a child, I always say you think the world is, is really your backyard and everything seems so massive. When you go to the store, it's like, oh my God, it's like so far away. Yeah. And as you grow older, your intelligence expands, your sensory expands, your information expands, data. And you realize it's actually small. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I live in a really good-sized city. It's pretty big. And then you realize there's another bigger city in the distance, and it's supposed to be bigger and grander. And then you never really give it much thought. But now you've gotten smarter. So now you're thinking, I want to see this great city. I want to go clubbing. I want to mm-hmm. go check it out. I want to be what action is. And so you, you expand out, and you realize your world is getting smaller, even though you think it's getting bigger. So it's the same thing with with God, when you are in the lower life, you say, oh, I love God. But it doesn't mean you necessarily fully understand that relationship or you're experiencing. It. And some people can experience it different ways, and they can be on level one. They, I, I think that when somebody is Christian or Buddhist or Hindu and they're just common people, that when they're doing prayer or whatever, when they feel something spiritual, I think it's real. God loves all creatures. It not matter color, prettiness, nothing. It God belongs to everything that you open your heart to and you can feel it. But what happens is is that as we grow more intellectual as a culture or people or anything, sometimes a simple mind can move to the second level and experience God but not really understand anything else around it. Do you understand? That's the beauty of God. When we grow as a culture, we start to dissect and look at things in a different way. Just like it's when we grow, we, we realize something's very small, we want to discard it, we want to be the bigger, better place. And then we want to discard that because we want to go to New York City, that's where it's at, and where we're out doesn't have nothing. And then as you grow older, you really pine for the simple things again. Mm-hmm. You, you you realize I've I've done all this and really I, I actually was really at peace here or there in my life. And that's wisdom. It goes back to our first conversation. So when one says to me about God, I would say this, that when you approach it in a spiritual aspect or an aspect of how we approach it, my relationship, that I can think of God in the way that you guys have right up through level one. And that's what I feel the same as you. The difference is, is that you, you, love your mother, but you don't see your mother. But if you thought of your mother, you may or may not feel something. It depends what your thoughts are, okay? But you have a place, a feeling, and a sense to identify with. And if something were to happen with your mother, your mind would pine, and you would be in conflict. Should I rush out there, should I not? But you would feel that way. And if she died, and you didn't get to go there, you, your resonance of love would, would become very intense and very real and very emotional. Okay, mm-hmm. so I would say to you this: if you never met your mother, but you knew she was out there, that's where you guys are are at. You know, there's a mother. You, you've heard she loves you. You've heard she's been searching for you. But that there is no ships and there are no airplanes in this time. It's really what it kind of is. But you call word. Through, through some journey or who happened to be caught in a storm or whatever, and you got talking to him, and he was like, wait a minute, is your name blah, blah, And you're like, yeah. And you're like, I know your mother. Your mother's been searching for you your whole life. There mm-hmm. was a storm, and you were carried away. And you're like, you're feeling this. You're pining this in your chest. In her chest, you're connected. And, and the whole time, over, over this ocean, you're calling each other. Do you get what I'm saying? But leading your life. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a way cross this ocean it's not to say that you can't feel the love or that there's other ways to feel that love do you understand he could say to you mother I have a message she once told me if i ever were to meet you she says when i look at the moon and you look at the moon we see the same moon i'm always thinking of you We're always connected when you see the sunrise i see the sunrise we both see the same sun When you look up at the sky, know that I'm looking up at the sky and the the wonder of the stars. We both see together. We are always bonded. And that's a level of saying, I feel your love. But you're like, I'd rather hold you. I'd rather touch you. But this is an organic sense. God is not necessarily organic, but it is. If I look at you, I can say to you earnestly from my heart, I love you, Jesse. I love you for the person you are. I love you because I know you love God as much as I do. I love you because you're devoted to God and we both love our mother, and that's the thing that makes you my brother. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I know that my mother or my father is imbued in you as it is imbued in me. And when I hold you, I may not be able to hold my father or my mother, but I'm holding something that is really a part of them. And, and that, in an organic sense, is, is how I would approach love and how I have approached love in, in the level one to level two aspect of that sense of how, how much you can intellectually understand it. Okay, I look at all humanity that way. But of course, there are levels. There's some which you don't like, and some things right, you do. Right. So I mean, it's just a, a silly way to organize something. It doesn't really. It's not a very good, accurate way, but it gives a broad understanding. So when you are able to move by will, it's like saying you build a boat and you've. It's a small boat. and It takes time, and you can only make the journey once in a while. It's like you you meditate and on one good meditation you actually manage to cross that ocean. And on that ocean is your mother standing on the shore, waiting, watching you come and approach. And there's nothing she's waiting. She's got to wait for you to come. She wants to run out there, but she's waiting for you. And then a big wind comes and pulls you away. You know, (laughs) and it's like okay, you know, it, it is what it is. And then you, some other point, you're like you're exhausted, you're tired. It was such a treacherous thing. You feel defeated. But one day you're like, okay, I'm gonna just kind of try again and you get out there and the same thing happens and the same thing happens. But eventually, if you really are paying attention, wisdom, you'll realize that when you do your journey, it always seems to be you're around that windstorm around 4 p.m. And you go, well, what if I change it to, to maybe nine in the morning or 10 in the morning? Would that windstorm still be there? And you adapt, and you end up getting closer, and you're like, oh my God, and then something else happens, the, the water recedes. And you're like, damn it! And then it takes you a while to keep going, that water keeps receding, and then it dawns on you. Well, wait a minute. I can't, if the water recedes now, and the wind recedes this time, blah, 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 blah. You're, you're building your strategy, where you're building your skill, and you're getting closer and closer. So either you give up, or you persevere. And unfortunately, most people give up. A good teacher is going to say, let me give you a good paddle. Let me help you build a good boat. Let me show you how to row properly to maximize this. This is the best time you go on the ocean. You leave at 2 a.m. in the morning. The tide is smooth. The wind will work in your favor. The stars will guide you. You wait for the storms, and you know what a storm is, and you sense it before it comes, and it's the static of life. You learn to quell the storm before you enter your place to travel. These are the things that are affecting you that affect this journey. Master here, move to the second level. Master the second level, and you may begin to enter into the third. So, in essence, the relationship is, I never got to see my mother, but I learned of my mother through somebody else, and I always knew she existed. Then one day, I finally was able to grow, and I seen my mother in the distance, and I felt her love. I felt her face, her tears cry as the wind blew me away, and I pined But I knew she was real now, so there was more confirmation. And then one day I was able to get even closer, and I could see the color of her eyes. They were the same color as my eyes. But her smile was different, and I wonder now, perhaps I have a father. For he was a man walking, also standing, watching, as if I would not accept him, because he felt like he failed me. If that's my father, he didn't feel me. Why would he be that way? So you feel love. So the second level, you you bypass these minor lines per se, and everything's always trying to pull you back down, always back down. And you master, and you skill, and you practice, and your, your teacher says, "Okay, you learned this, you learned that, you learned that. Now, um, look, this is the next thing you need to understand. You know that that." When you look at the sky, you're going to see a ring around the moon. Now, that moon ring means something. You can say, I've seen that moon ring before. Why didn't you tell me about it before? Because you you wouldn't have understood. You couldn't even understand how to paddle. Mm -hmm. So, when you see that moon, know that ring. And that ring's that three days from now, you row And for three days, you prepare to prepare for that row listen to your teacher, and do as they say. And you wait your three days, you practice each day, he says, do this, do this, work your energy, da, 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 da. and you go on the third day, and you row, 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 and then all of a sudden you hit that third plateau, and you you hear your boat hit the dirt, and you stand up and there's this part of you that's like, I can't believe this is happening. And you remember your master saying, whatever you do, don't about what's happening or it will suck you back into the aurora realms For it is a brain it is it is the organic you're trapped let your mind soar and forget about the body it is spine let it be at peace it will automate you'll return and you of course hopefully call yourself by the practices you've learned and you will step off and your foot will touch the earth of the the beach and you'll feel the, the, the earth and then you will move your head up because you had to look to see where you're standing. And Standing in front of you is going to be your mother. With tears of joy, your heart's going to be pounding and beaming. And she's going to reach her arms around you and hold you. And it's not going to feel like I would hug you or somebody else would hug you. It feels like the feeling when you feel inside completeness, like this, this warmth. This tingle—it's like a vibration. It's very intense. There's nothing quite like it that I can describe. The only difference is, instead of just here, it just consumes you, and it's—it's realer than this table, and it—it moves in you, and you—you feel as if some part of you, of your body that's been missing your whole life, has just returned to you. And there comes a point where the mother or the father says to you, You have to go back, son. And you're like, Why? And you're like, Because you cannot sustain here. The food is not of your, your body now. We're, we're, we're different than you. But you will return to us one day if you can remember how to find us and come back often. Do you understand? It? So the tide's beginning to recede, that means the, the body's fatiguing, it means that there's people hovering around I want to talk to you, this is all the, the ocean receding, the water and stuff, it's pulling you back, you're, you're starting to get like blurry of what's happening, you're already moving through the lower levels, and in the symbology, you have to get on the boat, you need to, to return, and you don't want to. But the difference is, when I sit down and I say to you, Jesse, you remember you were telling me last year about your, your mother that you were hoping to find one day? You're gonna say, yeah, I found her. And I'm gonna say, really? And you know, I'm gonna say, well, well, how did you find her? you're gonna say, well, at first I found her through a person who met her and that's how I, I found out. He told me how to get there. He was like this old wise guy, this, this intelligent man. He, he helped me, he gave me wisdom. And so I rode out, and this stupid storm kept bringing me back, and this and that, and said, so, but I got to see her. And it made me realize I, I could, I, there's a chance. He's like, I kept having to figure out, how do I beat the wind and the elements and all these things against me? And the wise man says, well, this and this, and he knew the sea. And he knew all these things. But I knew, every time he taught me something new, I thought, oh, I could why didn't he tell me in the first place? And he was like, I realized that I needed to learn these things in order to get there. And that there's only so much I could learn, otherwise I'd foul it all up. And I met my mother. And I'd say, you met her? Yeah. And you'd say, yeah, she was really beautiful. And I'd say, what was it like to hold her? And you'd go, it was beautiful. And I said, so when you think about her, how do you feel? I feel her love. And I know that it's real, and I know that it's there, and I just yearn to be back in its company, and I know I will be. And so at the end of the day, when you ask me, how come I talk about God that way? Because I've rode that ocean and I've been pushed away. Many winds, many storms, many, many, many things. And eventually I got to meet my father and eventually I met them as one. And eventually I realized that they weren't the man and the woman, that they were the island. And I realized after, as I progressed deeper into the third and kept moving towards what we call the fourth, I realized that the stars and the moons and the trees and the earth and you and me and everything was really my mother and my father. And that they were one consciousness but not two. And that that they were one being and in that being, there was nothing beyond them. Because they were like this, if they were a mortal body, they would be a body floating in space and sleep. Their eyes shut, peaceful and beautiful, in absolute nothingness. And in their mind, they entered a dream. A dream of dreams of dreams. And there's nowhere further to go, for the fourth is the source. The fourth is what creates the dreams? It's just that you're a microversion. You go in your dream. Is it not endless possibilities? Is there not an ocean you can travel? Is there not insects to see and particles to move and ingenious and collective data and information that is abound? Well, that's simply just a database within a bigger database within another database of their mind. It's mind. And so, therefore, you can never become the fourth. But... The third line has a radius, and that is when the divinity. This is the third, is enlightenment cycle. When you reach the third state, and you start to to move through these fine lines, they're harder and harder to get to. Do you understand? Because now you got to really working on being really, you know, is perfect of a, of a, of a frequency uh, that's possible. That I mean, how do you how do you match the frequency that created life? Mm-hmm. that's the most like, incredible, most beautiful gift of all gifts. And so, therefore, I, I don't need to make it to the fourth. It's an ego thing. I, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm glad to have made it to the third. I'm glad that if I ever choose to, I know I can dive a little deeper and move out further into the blue ocean, and I know what I'll find, and I can enjoy that once in a while. But I know I have to come back, and that's okay. So my job is to swim back to all those other islands and start teaching people how to cross the ocean and navigate it and all of the perils that awaits them. And that hope, I hope I'm a good teacher. That's my only hope. As I grow older, I realize I'm probably not a very good human being and there's a lot of things I've been working on learning and figuring out, right, just like the rest of you. And I'm a pretty good teacher. So uh, I just try to be a little bit better than I was the day before, and I think that's what anybody else could just hope to be. And some days I am, some days I'm not. So working on
0: it. Man. I think that's a wrap. (laughs) Thank you, Eric. You're welcome.
3: A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com.
1: Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy, more than just a thought but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions, more than a faded idea within your consciousness but rather A vivid reality so clear, it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life. Consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are, and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world.